0: with 18 other churches, and you've seen the yard signs. We have invited you to take a yard sign, put it in your yard. If you own a business, put it in your business's yard if possible. Um, We bought 150. Um, Going into first service, we had 50 left. That means we've given 100 away. I'd like to see every one of these claimed today, if at all possible. I really think this might be the most important sermon series I've ever been a part of, that our church has ever been a part of as we try to help people find their way back to God. In your bulletin today, there is a card. Now some of you have dropped your card because I've seen some of the cards laying on the floor, but that's okay because we've got hundreds more of these cards. This is an invite card, talks all about what the series is going to be about, what when you can come to our church. We really want you to take at least one card. I'd love for you to take 20 cards and share these with people who either have never met Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or maybe at one time they were in the church. Maybe they grew up going to agape land. Maybe they were a part of youth groups. Maybe they used to be a part of Sunday morning at a different church, but they've kind of faded away for whatever reason. We are really wanting to help people find their way back to God again. That series launches two weeks from today. Several announcements, some are on the screen, some are not. Genevieve Farnsworth from our church, she's relocated to the Louisiana area and her 95th birthday is this week and we'd love to shower her with cards. You can call the church office and Karen or Mandy will get you her address. Let's really lift her up. Several of you ordered special shirts. We ran out of certain sizes. The special order is in. We've got a bunch of these shirts left. We're selling them for less than our cost. We'd love to have a couple hundred people wearing the I Heart DeWitt County t-shirts tonight for the block party. Speaking of the block party, it's not going to rain. That's good news. The rain is done. It's all done. Don't worry about the rain. It's going to be a blast. I hope you will come out from 5 to 7 p.m. Now, we do need some help immediately following second service if you can help us with tables and chairs we got to get a whole bunch of tables and chairs from the family life center over to the parking lot adam will meet you up in the family life center shouldn't take long if we have a bunch of people probably our greatest need is going to be at seven o'clock if people can help us tear down the more people that can help the quicker it will go and then one final need for tonight um As you know, the sheriff of our county has put together a heroin crisis coalition. And one of the resources that has come to our attention and is available is from the Elks and it is a drug awareness trailer, and we have that trailer, and we're needing a couple people that would be willing to man that trailer, and you don't have to be trained in any of this. You just need to be available to hand out information. If you're interested in helping with that, see me after second service. Um, Have a couple people that expressed interest after first service, but I would love to have a couple more that can help out. September 17, Mobile Food Pantry. Would love to see 30 to 35 of us sign up to serve our community. You'll be needed from 9 to noon that day. And then it's hard to believe that apple and pork weekend is four weeks from today. Can you believe that? But that means Apple and Pork Weekend, we just do one service that weekend, 9.30 a.m. It is a one-service Sunday, and that allows you to be a part of the other Apple and Pork Weekends. Today is week four of four in our current sermon series, Love Where You Are. Again, the big idea is that we love our community. We love our county. We love our city. We love 61727. And week one, we looked at what's it mean to be light What's it mean when Jesus said, you are the light of the world? Week two we looked at, what's it mean to be a blessing? We studied the parable of the good Samaritan. And how can I be a neighbor? Who is my neighbor? How can I be a blessing? Last week we looked at Jesus in John chapter 4 and the study of his encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus shouldn't have even been talking to her. Number one, she was a woman. Number two, she was a Samaritan. But he was willing to risk. He was willing to communicate hope. He was willing to communicate truth, and it changed her life forever. He was willing to engage, and we have to be willing to engage as well. And then today we're going to talk about investing. It's not a sermon on financial stewardship, but it is a sermon on stewardship, time stewardship, commitment stewardship, and being willing to invest. And so I want to take you to a parable. Two weeks ago, we looked at the parable of the Good Samaritan. Two weeks from now, we'll look at the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. Those are probably the two most famous parables of Jesus. Right behind that, I believe, is the parable of the sower. One of only four parables that you find in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's a parable about agriculture. It's a parable about farming. So with that, let's read together Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse 4. Jesus shared, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, Jesus told this parable. A farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and it was trampled on and the birds of the air. They ate it up. Some fell on the rock and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Look at verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he said this, Jesus called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. If you read the book of Revelation. And you look at specifically chapters 2 and 3 and the letters to the seven churches. Churches like Sardis and Ephesus and Philadelphia and Laodicea. Every time the oracle is shared, it ends with that phrase, He who has ears, let him hear. Jesus is saying here, open up your ears. Engage in your hearing. Verse 9. His disciples asked him what the parable meant. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And so Jesus said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. And then Jesus does something here he almost never does. He interprets the parable. One of only a couple instances where Jesus says, okay, I'll tell you what the parable means. Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while... But in a time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature, verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. And so I want to talk today about the understanding that that we all need to have with, with this parable of the sower. And I want to start by talking about how farming agriculture is different in today's world than in the first century world. When we think about planting season in 2016, what months? Come to mind. We think of maybe late March, but specifically April and into May. And if it's a really wet spring, maybe it transitions into June. But April and May are typically considered planting seasons, at least in Illinois. First century world, Palestine farming planting season was like late October to early to mid December. In our world, what happens when a farmer's getting ready to plant? He gets a big old tractor, right? And he's got a big old planter and he takes big old bags of seed and fills it up and he goes out and he might be able to plant a field in a day or even half a day or even a couple of hours depending on how big that planter is. That's not first century agriculture. That's not first century farming. I want you to think of one guy with a bag of seed kind of slung over his shoulder and walking through the field and just slinging some seed to the left. And slinging some seed to the right. And he'd have to plow. Maybe he plowed before, maybe he plowed after. It doesn't matter. But that's the image that I want you to see. So Jesus tells us what's the seed mean, what's the sow mean, what's the farmer mean, what's the soil mean. This is just for your help. Seed's the word of God. To sow is to share the good news of the gospel. That's evangelism. Who's the farmer? It's us, those of us that are followers of Jesus. And what is the soil? The soil represents people who are going to hear the gospel and some will ultimately receive the gospel. And so the usual question of this parable, some of my favorite preachers have preached this parable and spent a lot of time talking about where should we sow the seed. That's what they want to talk about. They want to look at where we ought to invest, where we ought to break open the Bible, where we share the Roman road, where we break out the A, B, C, D to Jesus, whatever your favorite plan of evangelism might be. And in this parable, seed falls in four different places. And I believe each of these four places are relevant in our world today. The first place that seed fell in Luke chapter 8, it fell on the path. It fell on the path. And I believe that this symbolizes those who are indifferent. Those who are very resistant to the truth. Have you ever tried to share the faith? Have you ever just tried to have a religious conversation with someone, and they are just so closed off, it's like you're talking to a wall? They just want nothing whatsoever to do with anything Jesus. They want nothing whatsoever to do any conversation about the church or about the faith. Um, It's frustrating, isn't it? A true reality that that you need to come to grips with, if you want to be serious about loving where you are, if you want to be serious about investing in people that need Jesus, is sometimes people are just going to say, thanks but no thanks. And they may not say it that nicely, quite honestly. They may want to have absolutely nothing to do with the faith. Seed in this parable also falls on the rock, the rock, and this symbolizes the shallow people. They may make a decision for Christ. They may say, "Not go to hell and go to heaven? Sounds good." Who wouldn't want that? But but it's it's a shallow decision. It's not a decision that has roots. And so they decide for whatever reason to walk away or to fall away from the truth and I think that really connects in our world today I think we could probably all come up with people that maybe at one time we went to church with we went to youth group with we went to agape land with maybe we saw them get baptized at CIY or at church camp and maybe you thought man I'm going to grow up with them and we're going to be in the Lord forever and ever and today they're nowhere to be found whole bunch of people make that decision, but they get into it, and for whatever reason, they fall away from the truth. And and that happens when we invest in others. That happens when we try to love where we are. We will encounter people that at one time were in, and now really, I don't think so. What about the third kind of seed? It's the seed that falls among the thorns. And these are the people who are distracted... And they forget about the truth. Maybe they're distracted by how great life is. Maybe they're distracted by the fact that they've got blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And it's a lot more fun to go to the lake than to go to church. It's a lot more fun to live the high life than to be in the Word. Even though being in the Word should be the high life. And so they're distracted by the good stuff of this world. For some people, they're distracted by the storms of life. Life didn't become the fairy tale they thought it was going to be, and and God's the bad guy. God let me down. My dreams haven't been fulfilled, so I don't want to be a part of something that isn't fairy tale life. The distracted who forget about the truth. And then the fourth seed in this parable is the seed that fell on good soil, and here you see the responsive And the responsive will live the truth, but what's that last word up there? They will reproduce. They aren't content to just be in the Lord. They want their neighbors to know Jesus. They want their spouses to know Jesus. They want their children to know Jesus. They want their parents to know Jesus. They want their co workers to know Jesus. They're all about it's not just enough that I'm saved. I want others to be saved. And so, what's the point of this parable? Well, I have to confess that for years I would read this parable, and here's how my mind would work. I need to find a way in my world and our lives to find out what hearts are ready for the gospel, and then we give it to them. We give them the gospel. We crank open the Bible. We get our Bible tracks and we find the heart that's ready and we give them the truth of Jesus Christ. And that is not what this parable is about, I'm convinced. It's not about find the heart that's ready and give them the gospel. Here's what I think Jesus is trying to communicate and it's a takeaway for everyone in this room that's a follower of Jesus. If you're a brand new baby Christian or if you've been a Christian most of your life, it's a takeaway for you. Here's what it is. So, so, so. So, so. Wherever you go, so. Some of you have shared with me um, your frustration with your workplace. I would say, probably, the last 20 years of my dad's life, when he was working, he experienced what many of you experience. You absolutely hate going to work, you dread Monday mornings. <laughs> you can't wait for late friday afternoon and you've prayed prayers like god why won't you let me escape this hell maybe just maybe god has you exactly where he wants you to be so you can sow seed to people who need it most I've had people come to me and say, I can't wait to get out of the state of Illinois. The state is so dysfunctional, it's broken, and I want to escape, and I want to go somewhere else, and I'm just, I'm counting the days, I'm counting the months, I'm counting the weeks, I'm out of here. And maybe, just maybe, God has you here for a very simple purpose, to sow seed in a dysfunctional state, in a place where people are hurting, in a place where jobs are being lost, in a place where there's a financial crisis. The point of this parable is simple. Sow seed wherever you go, wherever you are. So what? What do we do with that? Number one, you are not called to force conversions on others, but you are called to sow seed. Jeremiah, the prophet from the Old Testament, maybe, maybe the best preacher in the Old Testament. If we wanted to rate the best preachers in the Old Testament, my man Jeremiah is in the conversation. Never converted anyone. Ministered during an awful, awful time for God's people. But today in 2016, the words of Jeremiah still minister they still connect. They're still helpful. And so take into consideration that scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6. It's a great theology of evangelism. Here's what Paul said. He said, I planted the seed, Apollos watered the seed, but it was God that made it grow. And so if you find yourself in a relationship, you find yourself in conversations, maybe repeated conversations, maybe years and years of conversations, and you can't figure out why he won't come to the Lord, you can't figure out why she won't accept what you think is the greatest thing going, that Jesus died for her sins, and you're just, you're like, what in the world is going on? Understand, you may be the one that's planting the seed, you may be the one that's watering it, but ultimately it's God that will make it grow. That should be freeing. That should be disarming. I'm not called to force people to become followers of Jesus, but I am called to sow seed. I am called to share Jesus. Number two, you're not called to memorize the entire Bible, thankfully, but you are called to share the faith. In fact, I'd put it like this. You're called to share your faith. In 1 Corinthians 3.15, Peter says, Always be prepared. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And so, some of us have memorized a lot of Scripture, and some of us have not. But all of us who are followers of Jesus have a story. And here's the thing about your story. It can't be refuted unless you lie, unless you make it up, and then it's really not your story. Your story is your story. And so always be prepared to give an answer. Always be prepared to to share hope. I want to flesh this out. It's not enough to just know the Word. We have to also be willing to live the Word. And so I know that contradicts one of my passions. I want you to know the Word. I want you to be in the Word. I want you to be in Bible study. I want you to be able to rattle off verses of Scripture, you know, especially when crisis comes your way, just to have that kind of rolling through your mind. But can I tell you, Bible knowledge alone is not enough. A false assumption is this, that biblical knowledge will always equal spiritual maturity. And I wish it was the case. And it's absolutely not the case all the time. Um probably the most knowledgeable elder I've ever served with, not a part of this church. No shame on our elders. They're great. But man, this guy, he knew his Bible inside out, was also one of the meanest people I've ever been around. I know that sounds so kindergartenish, but I mean, just a mean person. And the Bible knowledge never overdud the just mean spirit. And so it caused huge complications. It caused real problems. And I would say that in his case, unfortunately, the Bible knowledge didn't always compute with spiritual maturity. So know the Bible, yes. Be living the Bible. Number three, you're not called to be successful, but you are called to be faithful. And that's a Mother Teresa quote that I stole um, a U.S. senator was touring before Mother Teresa died, Calcutta, her house of dying. Um, he was just blown away by the loss of life, by the disease, by the despair, um, you know, body after body after body being, being carried out. And uh, he is ready to get on a plane and go home. And he just said, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you've done it for years, for decades, for a lifetime. And her quote to him, it's pretty famous, you've probably heard it before, Dear Senator, I'm not called to be successful, I'm called to be faithful. And again, Jeremiah, great example of someone that was incredibly faithful. In terms of conversions, not very successful. And so don't get caught up in statistics. Don't get caught up in the numbers. In Acts chapter 17, Paul preaches what I think is his greatest sermon. He's at Athens, the intellectual capital of the first century world. He preaches to the Areopagus on Mars Hill. It's an awesome sermon. In fact, I hear that sermon, and I want to become a Christian again. That's how awesome that sermon is. And yet, the the text tells us that just a few people accepted his invitation to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Just a couple. And a lot of people laughed, and a lot of people sneered, And a lot of people said, great speech, got other things to do. And so don't get caught up in being successful, got to get caught up in being faithful. And then number four, First Christian Church of Clinton is not called to create club members. We're not called to create pew sitters. We're not called to attract occasional attenders. We're called to make disciples. We're called to make disciples. And I think that's that's a challenge in 2016, for, for too many, they hear what Bonhoeffer called cheap grace. J- just come to Jesus so you don't go to hell. Just come to Jesus so you have a little hope. And they never hear counting the cost. They never hear the word disciple. Jesus' his final words, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And so we're at the end of our study together. It's been a journey this month looking at loving where you are, looking at how can we love DeWitt County? How can we love Clinton, Illinois? How can we love Central Illinois? What can we do something small that will impact lives for Jesus Christ? And here's what I want to tell you. It's not just a one-month thing. I'm not throwing this shirt away. I hope you don't throw your shirt away. I hope we continue to say... What can I do to invest? How can I invest? That's my bottom line for you today. What and how are you willing to invest? Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And thank you for the opportunity to be in your word. I thank you for this parable. And um, it's my prayer that we will be people who are willing to sow seed. That we'll be people that are willing to share our faith. And God, it is so exciting when, I share, when we share our faith and someone comes to Christ and they're on fire and they're reproducing. But God, through it all, we know that you really are in control. You really are sovereign. And so help us through it all. Success or, or what seems to be not success. Help us to never grow weary of sharing our faith. Help us to never grow weary of loving where we are. God, I, I pray for tonight. I pray that during this block party, I pray there's a thousand people that come out tonight. And I pray that you give me opportunities tonight to have faith conversations. You give us opportunities tonight to, fair, to share faith conversations. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move and that there'd be divine appointments on the FCC parking lot. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. It is uh, invitation time, commitment time, as it is every week at our church. We're singing one final song, and then we'll be dismissed. And if you would like someone to pray with you, I'm up front. I would love to pray with you. And if you would like to talk about what it means to be a follower.